Hello, Trash Crusaders. Welcome to Save Trash Cinema, the podcast where exploitation and exploration come together. It is I, your guide through trash cinema, your friendly neighborhood dumpster. Boy, your garbage can, your piece of shit, you fucking love, came and darty. And today we're bringing to you the first ever episode of Trash Talk, a roundtable discussion regarding trash cinema, the intricacies of film, and all the fun little garbage nuggets in between. Which brings us to today's topic, a topic very much rooted in elitism and a disdain towards trash cinema, elevated horror. But before we dive into what any of that means and why you should care, let me introduce you to the person joining me on today's episode. She loves boobs, she loves Dead by Daylight, and she sure as hell loves talking trash. My friend, Liz, the mouth of the South McLean. Man, every time I'm here, the intro just gets better and better. I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you, Liz, for joining us. I really appreciate you being here today. But before we jump into the actual episode and really dive into what we're talking about, let's do a little quick housekeeping. We'd love it if you rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice. Don't forget you can be on the show by submitting movie recommendations or by being a guest host by emailing us at savetrashcinema.com or you can DM us at Save Trash Cinema on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, where it's all the same. Make sure to check out last week's special Halloween episode when we cover what is potentially the worst fucking thing to ever happen to mainstream horror. Halloween ends. We will be continuing to release mini-sodes, crossover episodes, interviews, and even game shows. So keep your eyes peeled from exciting content coming down the pipeline. But enough housekeeping. Why don't we get on to the topic of the show? Elevated horror, everyone. Right, so elevated horror for those that are not, I don't know, a loser like us who knows way too much about shit like this. Elevated horror is a term that came about sometime around the year 2019. Uh, where the term was coined, I have no fucking idea. I've been Googling it forever and I still can't figure out who said it first or why they called it that. But here we are. But I do want to point out elevated horror has been around for much longer than 2019 and probably up until today, better known as art horror films or art house films or art house horror films. It doesn't matter what term you use. It's basically the fancy fucking horror that you see coming out of A24 every fucking year. Now, these films date back to the 1920s with films such as Nosferatu in 1922. They're not just beholden to the heyday of cinema, though. Not at all. Now, we've had art horror throughout the last hundred years. Uh, with the likes of Polanski's Rosemary's Baby in 1968, Kubrick's The Shining in 1980, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pan's Labyrinth in 2006, and most recently, as I mentioned, literally almost every single film that's come out of A24 in the, probably the last five years, I'd say. So films like The Beach and films like uh, Hereditary, Midsommar. Uh, I mean, they're just pumping them out. So Liz, I kind of want to ask you when we start off, you know, we're talking about elevated horror with huge quotations here but like, what are your initial thoughts on just the these films in general do you love them do you hate them do you have no preference like what do you think about these types of movies 
I think they're good. Um, I think what's good about them is that there is kind of, I think in, before I get into this, I think there is a line when it comes to horror. Sure. You have trash horror and you have regular horror. It doesn't even necessarily have to be good, but there's a way in which trash horror does it and it's obvious. And if you're like, mm -hmm. oh, well, this isn't trash horror. Well, you're on the right, the other side of the line. So I think that them creating a second line and making three categories seems a bit odd to me. <laughs> yes. um, I do, I, so I do like, uh, I would be, who doesn't like these movies that are in like this made up fake category of elevated horror like get out is fantastic mm -hmm. anything jordan peele does is great a24 movies are great let alone like not even just horror like sure. a24 movies in general is great the spectacular now one of my favorite movies come on everything everywhere all at once Perfect. yeah all of it yeah <laughs> it's like they're like are they done better than like majority of the movies I don't even want to say majority of, of like a big chunk of movies. Sure. But does it deserve its own category? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, for me, like I love these movies and, you know, mm -hmm. we look at, you know, films like Nicolas Cage's comeback film, Mandy, which I know has a lot of people who hate it and a lot of people that love it. I'm on the love side of that. Mm -hmm. And so I do appreciate, like, I feel like there's art house films and everything. I mean, there's art house comedy, there's art house, this there's art house, that, but I think the term elevated for me when, when we're looking at this seems a bit odd, right? Mm -hmm. So like if you're just saying like, oh, well, you know, these movies are elevated, you're essentially putting them on a pedestal above everything else. Now, sure, mm -hmm. there are lowbrow comedies and, you know, you can take something like Kubrick's, you know, Dr. Strangelove or How to Stop Worrying and Love the Atomic Bomb. You can put that next to something like fucking, you know, um, whatever Seth Rogen has made in the last 15 years. And you can yeah, be like, knocked up. yeah, you can be like, there's highbrow comedy. There's lowbrow comedy. It doesn't make one mm -hmm. any better than the other. And so I feel the same way when we talk about this term elevated mm -hmm. horror, it's like you are, you essentially have created a fake category to just to be like, like hey. boost yourself. Essentially. Yeah. You could be like, okay, well, zombie strippers is a horror film, but that's, mm -hmm so much lower down than something like Midsommar, which yes. I'm like, sure. Midsommar is a fantastic movie, but they bring something different to the table. Each one of them. I mean, let's be honest at the end of Midsommar, you don't have a monologue by a character that we've last saw an hour and 30 minutes ago, who tells the audience directly that kids should start smoking cigarettes again. That's true. <laughs> There's a time and place for that. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, like I appreciate that there are like, art house horror films mm -hmm. and i i do think that that's good to a degree but i do think putting them on a weird pedestal mm -hmm. does diminish everything else i agree um it's kind of like like if you're at like a party we'll just say like a like a work thing you're, mm -hmm. we're, we're at like a work thing and there's like someone that you've never met before and you're like oh and you, somehow you strike up a conversation and that person just has good old good conversation Nothing really 
that like makes them say, Hey, I'm fucking better than you. Then same thing. You meet someone else, but the entire time there's that underlying like condescending tone of like, Mm -hmm. I'm better than you. And I know that I think that that's kind of what they're trying to do. It's almost kind of like a mind game because anytime you see the word elevated, you're like, Oh, this is better immediately. So I think them creating elevated horror is just them saying this is going to be good and it's going to be better than everything else fuck you tom cruise i'm better you know yeah so and i think what's interesting is one of the articles that i read was mentioning how when you basically take like all of these a24 horror movies and jordan peele movies and all of these that are in this elevated horror category is basically what separates the big like separation there is there being like a big like emotional toll that's taken Mm. like it's it's like really emotionally unsettling and i'm like that's been done and that's called psychological thrillers aka my favorite fucking genre i mean there's so y'all took something old gave it a facelift and are trying to make it new I no, mean, no, there, no. There, there's great like psychological thrillers that'll just mm-hmm. punch you right in the balls at the end. I mean, you look at in one of the directors that they bring up, one film in particular, Lars von Trier's Antichrist is brought up a lot in this conversation. And you look at his films and sure, the house that Jack built, I guess, would be considered horror. I'm not sure if I would even really consider it a horror, but look at something like Melancholia with Kirsten Dunst and like a revival of her career or not mm-hmm. even a revival of her career. I don't think she really has done a ton after, but like that movie, she's fantastic. In. And that movie yeah. is horrifying to the nth degree, but it is not horror. So then I think, you know, there's a question where you have to take a look back at stuff and be like, well, it's some of this stuff, even horror, you know, you look at something like the beach and you're like, there's horror elements, but at the end of the day, is that really a horror film? And I don't really know if it is. I mean, I don't know what I would categorize it as. But, like, I'm not going to try to be, like, it's not horror or that it's yeah. something else. But, like... There's some blurred lines there. Yeah, but then you can look at a film like Terrifier, Terrifier 2, which is very much trash cinema. Mm-hmm. It is horribly gory. <laughs> but there's, like, a particular scene in... I want to say it's uh, in, in the first terrifier film where the two girls are sitting in like the diner right and Arthur uh, i know exactly like, what you're talking about yeah, yeah. he's like hanging Weird. out on the side and she's just like staring at him and he just keeps yeah. making like goofy faces and it is petrifying yeah to, it's like, it's see. really unsettling like yeah. it's 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 more it's like unnerving that's the word i'm looking for like oh, it's really yeah. like oh what the fuck like it's oh, yeah. it's it's those that's what they want like the what the fuck and like you're just kind of like looking there with your like eyebrows down and like your forehead up so you're like scrunching a little bit not if you had botox no judgment but you're like what you know like what the fuck yeah and I, I i feel like it's weird to try to put horror into a box mm. because there are a ton of movies that fit in that box but there's also a like a good amount of movies that don't fit in that box that are still horror movies to me and still work really well. So trying to put another box inside of the horror box that already shouldn't be there. I don't know. I don't know. Why don't we take a look at something that director Zach Krieger. So he did an interview with discussing film. Now, if you don't know Zach Krieger, he is known as one of the, one of the main members of the whitest kids, you know, 
Uh, or you probably know him as the director of literally one of the best horror films to come out this year, Barbarian, which has gotten a lot of uh, talk. It is, it's on HBO Max right now, so if you've got a subscription, you should check the movie out. It is fucking fantastic. It even, I will put it this way, 45 minutes in, Sydney had to get up and walk out because she was like, I am so stressed out by this movie. I cannot Ooh. fucking finish it. I have to leave. And she did. Now, as we've kind of it. we've kind of discussed before in the past, Patrick, um, who's who we do Spotlight Games with, who's on most Darling of the, Boy. 99% of the episodes of Safe Charge Cinema. Shout out Patrick. Um, Patrick is not a horror guy. He mm -hmm. loved Barbarian, though. Really? So they he did, yeah, which is wild because the movie is very gory, very stressful, and very scary. Justin so, Long's in it. Justin Long's in it. Uh, Bill like Skarsgård's in it. One of Ooh. my favorite actors, and no one even knows what his name is. Richard Brake is like mm. one of the scariest fuckers alive. Um, who has an incredible monologue in the opening of Rob Zombie's Thirty One. Uh, probably the best part of the entire film, honestly. <laughs> but uh, either way, so Zach Krieger was asked about it, about the term in regards to essentially barbarian, because people have said that about barbarian. This is what he says. He says, I feel like the term elevated horror is for people who don't know much about horror. It's for people who see horror as some inferior genre. Like, quote, I don't like horror, but I like elevated horror. I like hereditary and get out. By the way, I worship Hereditary and Get Out, but I also worship Evil Dead 2 because it's a fantastic movie. I don't care where we land on the spectrum of horror versus elevated horror because I just think that term is useless. End yep. quote. I, he nails it on the head. I And I think he, that he brings up like a really good point there where he's like, people, elevated horror is a term for people who see horror as an inferior genre. I think yeah. it's one of the most pivotal quotes there. I agree. It's it's interesting to me because he does. He points out hereditary and get out and we'll bring up an actual quote from Jordan Peele here in a second when he discusses what he thinks, which is going to be very interesting as well. But the way that he like, I mean, he brings this up and he's like, and it's true. There's people who look at horror and are like, well, horror is dog shit. It is yeah. the lowest form of entertainment. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of times it was a lot of horror came out of you know, pulpy fiction books. And it came about, you know, a lot of horror, especially horror films back in the day, we had films like Freaks that came out, one of the early black and white films in the 20s. And um, a lot of it is, it's it's lowbrow things such as looking at carnival sideshows. Mm -hmm. um, people also look at the same way for things like um, true crime. They're like, just this is shitty. You're, you're basing a lot of things off of real life catastrophes and like feeding off of people's fears, just low brow. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's easy to do. Mm -hmm. Now Liz, that is not easy to do. I, I have a lot of thoughts right now. <laughs> um, my brain is just firing them off. Um, I mean, again, it really is. I mean, like, you can t go and like, for example, there's some TikToks that will pop up on my For You page and it's like this one movie theater or it'll be like movie theaters where like people will have the little tiny microphone and they'll go up to employees of the movie theater and be like, what's your favorite movie? And then there'll be like someone who duets it and they're like, oh yeah, 10 out of 10 or, you know, whatever, like based on the movie. And there's so many of them where I'll see them depending on who's duetting it, 
the people that I've seen are like horror movies, good job. But like, I've also seen the reverse spectrum of that. And like, I saw someone say the original 1996 scream and they were like three out of 10. That movie sucks. And I'm like, that movie sucks. Scream sucks. The first scream sucks. I don't think so. It's good. It's cheesy. It is a cheese ball of a movie. Sure. As it's supposed to be. But it's great. Yeah, it's great. It is it is one of the pillars of of like horror scary slasher movies to me. Yeah, uh, it is so. One of the <laughs> the pillars that holds the building up and you're telling me it's bad. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. You just don't care. So I think that that You know what? I wonder since we don't know who coined this term, I wonder if they knew like kind of the negative connotation that came with the horror genre Mm -hmm. in general. And was like, we have to put like some big marketing like twist on it. Right. And say, Oh no, no, no. This isn't your normal mom and pop horror. Mm. This is the whole foods of horror. Oh, I like that. You know? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to be lumped in with, 1996 scream because apparently it sucks i didn't know i think it's great i want people to look at the movie that i'm making and be like that is the hype like the upper 90 like the upper middle class Mm. of horror movies you know it's interesting you say that because i i had an instance that happened to me it was a couple years ago i went to Mm. a local atlanta steakhouse called marcel's if you're from Atlanta, you know it's like one of the hot spots, very rich and fancy and whatnot. So go to Marcel's. I got an $80 steak. It it was fucking incredible. Yeah. It was everything I expected and more. I would hope so. And then, you know, we're drinking the whole time. So we get done. I get home and I'm like, man, like, I'm still hungry. Yep. So I hit up Taco Bell. <laughs> And I ate like fifteen dollars worth of one dollar tacos, and I was yeah. like, "This is the best fucking meal I've had all day." Yes, and that's kind of how I feel about elevated horror, where it's like, "Yes, it's great," but at the same time, I can you know watch you know the lighthouse and be like, "Yes, this is great." Thank uh, you, yeah, Robert I'm still Eggers. fulfilled. But then I can turn around and watch Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and be like, "Yes, Fred Olin Ray, this is fantastic as well." Yeah, this is great. So, like, I don't th- like, I, I think to a certain degree it is. And I do understand too that there are the people, and I'm one of those where it's like, hey, like Tony Collette in Hereditary, she mm-hmm. missed out on a chance for an Oscar. Like, that mm-hmm. was fucking worth it. And, um, but at the same time, I'm also like, let's be honest, Jenna Jameson and Zombie Strippers is fucking awesome too. Yeah. So she like, hand painted her own star on the door. Come on. She fucking did. So let's uh, <laughs> let's actually jump over to what Jordan Peele says, because this is, I think, interesting kind of rolling off of this. Mm-hmm. So he had an interview with The Verge, and uh, he denounced the term and explained that essentially he wanted nothing to do with the idea of it, saying, quote, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to make elevated films. I think that's a trap that I don't quite appreciate because I, you know, I like making fucked up films. I like mm-hmm. making weird movies that I'm just not supposed to make. And sometimes challenge people on the other side of things. 
And I like that response with yeah. him getting kind of cornered in being like, hey, like this, what is like, hey, you're an elevated, you know, us is so mm -hmm. mental and there's all these things and it's overlaid with with all of these ideas. And mm -hmm. then, you you know, you've got um, nope and it's the same situation, same with Get Out. And he's kind of been pigeonholed into this idea that, like these are the movies that he makes. Mm -hmm. And. I, I look at that and I look back and I say, well, you know, have you seen Slumber Party Massacre? Because that movie That's is right. rife with all sorts of contexts, all sorts of metaphors. Yeah. So it's not like only elevated horror films can be subjective and can have mm -hmm. metaphors and context. And, you know, I don't I don't agree with that statement that it is only relegated to the movies that these are the horror films that should be nominated for Academy Awards. Now, sure, yeah. you know, there's action films that should not even get fucking close to yes. that, but it's still fun as hell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we Fast and the Furious. I know Patrick and loves that movie, and I think those movies are silly as hell. I am a Fast and Furious hater and I will die. They're fun films. They're dumb as shit. No, they're so bad. I hate them. <laughs> Trevor loves them. I have never no. Mm -mm. Well, Elizabeth, why don't we hear from an actual trash cinema king? Okay, our own Ashley J. Williams, none other. Star of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. Our boy, our boy Bruce Campbell. He was speaking to the Den of Geek, which this is, uh, quote is directly pulled from their website. He says, I quote, I don't care about their dumb terms, Campbell said when we mention elevated horror. He says, quote, but I'm glad to see horror mainstreamed because in the Evil Dead era, horror was one rung above porno. The actors who were in horror movies were either starting out, starting out or on their way out. They were either old, young or old. You started in horror to get into the business or because you couldn't get arrested. You start in horde, it's and it's very nice to now see it's just another genre. It doesn't have to have satanic implications. It's not going to ruin the youth of America. It's just another genre that happens to capture the imaginations of audiences. So then it, that brings up the question, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. Is it good? Like, is this good for horror? Like, is this good for the genre? Or is this good for cinema that we do have stuff like this? Because he does make a valiant point that, you know, mm -hmm. back in the 60s, 70s, you know, that was what it was. If you if you couldn't make it into films, you start in horror. We've seen this even, you know, in the 90s, I think, was an even bigger time. You had stars mm -hmm. like uh, Matthew McConaughey, Renee Zellweger, which were in, um, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Next Generation. You had Jennifer Aniston and Leprechaun. Um, a lot of actors got, you know, cut their teeth in a shitty horror film. So is it good? Like, is this a good thing that we have, you know, high, quote unquote, highbrow horror now? So it's kind of, I think it's kind of a catch 22, if that's the right word, the mm. right saying. Sure. As to where... It does do good by bringing, like, bringing horror more mainstream. But it's also a little damaging because it kind of puts this bubble in this genre, this genre very loosely mm -hmm. to where it's like, once you're in the bubble, you can't get out and it's really hard to get into the bubble. And anything that's not in the bubble is a hot flaming piece of shit, you know? Sure. When there's so much, the movies in the bubble are great. 
but there's also really great ones outside of the bubble. Um, and as we're like sitting here talking about this, I'm like thinking, like I'm just mm-hmm. processing, you know, as a human does. Yourself, yeah. Sure. yeah, 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 as as one does. Um, what I've been thinking is, I almost wonder if it's not the marketing ploy, mm-hmm. if they're trying to make like their own like like almost like a cult classic when it comes to horror films like you have your slashers right which is great mm-hmm. and then you have like your your ghosts or monsters right like when it comes to horror so i wonder like if they're trying to make like this kind of new wave like it's just basically a shitty term for new wave horror films mm-hmm. and i was reading an article and i saw a quote i don't remember who it was from i could probably pull it up um and i actually will it's from matt zoller sides seats okay. couldn't tell you who it is but he said elevated horror is like an artisanal cheeseburger make the goddamn cheeseburger if it's delicious no one will care what adjective you put in front of it and i'm like that's exactly it like our shake shack burgers good yes do i hate myself every time i pay 25 dollars for a shake shack burger sure Absolutely. Am I just as like satisfied and not feeling hungry if I go and get two McDoubles from McDonald's? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are two McDouble- McDoubles from McDonald's good? Sometimes. Most of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this thing where you're making something out of nothing that doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I agree. And I do. I think, you know, it is such an interesting thing because I think this really in my mind at least this really only exists in the horror genre because you've mm-hmm. got you know dramatic films and then there's dramatic films that suck and you've got those yeah. that are oscar bait but with horror it, it really does feel like where it's like and maybe comedies could probably fit in the same realm as this as well where it's like at the end of the day am i getting what i want out of it whether it's an art house film whether it's a slasher film whether it's a zombie movie am i am i enjoying the ride is it checking all of the boxes that are there for a horror film like all of the boxes for halloween ends were not checked i brought it up last week no tension no jump scares no like it this doesn't even have to be there but like a twist is always good like oh shit didn't see that coming like are the boxes checked am i satisfied on paper Mm -hmm. And then you I look don't care at, who makes it. Because I think there's a part of me that worries about this trend where we are escalating more and more to mm-hmm. a world in which these types of horror films are the ones that are going to be the most beloved. Is that mm-hmm. more studios are going to stop, you know, stop financing films like Terrifier. Yep. Or films like Saul, which I love the Saul franchise. I but it's too. like, it's a dumb franchise, right? But yeah, we, it's stupid, I but it's love, good. Yeah, so it's like, no, we now need to make the saw films like an art house movie. And I'd just be like, "Mm, I'm not sure if I'm really digging the idea of getting my lowbrow cheese, shitty horror film because we're sacrificing this so that we can continue to produce movies made by Robert Eggers, which I love his movies. And I'm not saying that I don't love them or do not enjoy them, that they don't tick boxes for me, but that just, I think it also starts to alienate, you know small time creators from doing that or people from getting their you know their day in in the limelight you know you Mm -hmm. look at something like smile which i want to say and i could have 
I want to say this is this information is accurate and correct me if I'm wrong, just past $200 million at the box office on yeah. a budget of 15 million, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, something like Terrifier 2 just surpassed 10 million at an incredibly small release yeah. at the box office on a budget of $250,000. Mm -hmm. So the hope I guess that I have for horror as a genre is that we continue to have a separation of these two. But I do think that we really need to be more careful about how we use that term because it does set this up to be like, well, you shouldn't watch things like Terrifier. You shouldn't watch these small budget films, these low budget movies, because those aren't as good as these movies. Yeah, like you shouldn't watch, you shouldn't watch um, like the Terrifier series because the Black Phone just came out. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm sure it's great. I haven't, I haven't seen the Black Phone. I heard it was fantastic, but. I've also heard that the Terrifier series is great, too. I haven't sat down and watched them yet because I know that they're going to scare the fucking shit out of me. So it's, I don't know. It really depends on which level they take it to. Mm -hmm. Because if they, I think if they keep the pace they're at now, we're fucked. Yeah. I think we're fucked because you do have, and they're great movies. They really, really are. But you have these people that are a 24 horse just for lack of a better term and they're taking this basic horror movie idea and pumping it full of other great ideas and making this great concept but then pretty much slapping a beanie and a flannel on it and making it hipster approved putting it through a 24 and now it's this phenomenon that is mm -hmm. just better than anything has ever been put out ever and it's like it's great but you're limiting yourself. And I think mm -hmm. if we do keep the pace that we're on now, and that is what happens, I think that there will be a pivotal moment where the people that are going to this bubble and only staying in that bubble are going to get tired of yeah. being in that bubble. They're going to be like, like I could sit and watch slashers all day, but there's going to be a point where I'm like, I'm fucking tired of it. Yeah. Like I, I love slasher movies, but like, there is a, a point, like, if I sit and watch slasher movies all fucking weekend, by Saturday night, if not Sunday morning, I'm going to be like, put on a fucking, like, Disney movie or something. Like, I'm fucking tired of watching slasher movies well, or me, even just we, anything else. We've we've gone through a similar situation before where we've had, during the 90s, just an absolute boom of slashers. And then in the early yep. 2000s, it was nothing but zombies. Yes. And we tend to go through this. So this, it could very well could be that we're just in one of those little bubbles right now where like the thing is that people really like are going to be these. My worry with the, just the overindulgence in streaming services mm -hmm. is that the only movies that'll be coming out in theaters are going to be movies like that. Mm -hmm. And to which, to that point, we fall into the trappings of the motto of the show, which is, fight big box office, save trash cinema. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, as much as I do enjoy Jordan Peele's work and Robert Edgar's work and Panos Fomato's work, like in Del Toro, I'm like, I want more Fred Olin Ray in my life. Yeah, it's like you have to, I think for you to really enjoy these elevated horror movies, <laughs> very loosely, 
you also have to enjoy the shitters of the genre to really appreciate both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Because you can watch these A24 movies and be like, this could have been really, really bad, but they pulled it off. I'm proud. And then you go and watch a trash cinema film and you're like, wow, they did not pull that off. This was great because it was so bad. This was great. And this was great Yeah, on both sides of the spectrum. So I think it's just going to have to force people who are in this sort of bubble. Um, once they get tired of it and they kind of get out of that genre, I think, well, it's still the same genre, but get out of their safe space, essentially. Um, I think that's really when the fun is going to happen for them. I'd I, love to be a fly on the wall. I can't disagree. I can't disagree. What I'm going to say is, is go search through the abyss of Amazon Prime Video. Or Tubi. Or Tubi. Oh, my God. Tubi. Yeah. You go jump <laughs> on Tubi right now. Screambox, Shutter. In the depths mm -hmm. of Amazon Prime Video, Tubi, Pluto, Freebie, and you will find some absolute shitters. But once mm -hmm. in a while, you'll find a movie you've never fucking heard of that no and one's ever mentioned before. And it's a gem. And it's going to blow your fucking mind. Mm -hmm. And you're going to turn back and you're going to look over and you're going to look at some of this shit and you're going to be like, hey, guess what, bud? Five big box office, save trash cinema. If you've enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and share the hell out of your friends, loved ones, and worst of enemies. Honestly, word about this key here. We are beggars. Also, a fuck Keith and Halloween ends. If you're and Halloween ends. If you're interested in video games, check out our sister podcast, The Spotlight Games Podcast, and all of your favorite streaming services. We have a YouTube channel, and guess what? We've also got a Twitch channel. So come check us out on Twitch every night at Spotlight Games Pod at Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. In the meantime, you can follow me at Kid Cayman. Liz, you are also a Twitch streamer who plays a lot of fun video games and has a nice little following. So where can people come find you? I can be found at twitch.tv slash McLean with it 2014. I got a new camera so you can see me in 4K. Whoa. And then you can sit, check out our sister podcast at Spot Games Pod on Twitter, Spotlight Games Podcast on Instagram. And once again, if you want to be part of the show, whether it be a guest host, have a movie recommendation, or have a topic that you want to see us cover on another episode of Trash Talk, guess what? You can reach us at savetrashcinema.gmail.com or Save Trash Cinema on all socials. Remember, five big box office, Save Trash Cinema. Groovy.